we're going to be continuing our podcast. Uh, I hope you had a chance to listen to our BS segment. And if you hear anything in this, maybe you can reach out to us personally and uh, let us know. But <laughs> the other guys are going, no. No, they can reach out to no. you. No. They, they contact contact, you. Yeah. contact Tim. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Tim at blah, blah, blah. Look him up blah. on social media. <laughs> Needless to say. That's he doesn't. <laughs> If you can find them on say, social media. <laughs> oh. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, but I wanted to continue our conversation. We had ended it last time uh, around this idea of being a disciple and what that means with, I think the words, Stephen, that you used were up, in, and out. And they were rooted in uh, two things you had said earlier in the right. podcast, which were uh, character and competencies. Mm-hmm, exactly. So could you, for a few minutes, just sort of unpack that? Because the listener is going to hear that and be like, okay, mm-hmm. right. what does that mean to me? Sure, sure. Um, it's, it's really simple. A disciple of Jesus is someone who is growing in the character of Jesus and in the competencies of Jesus. Character is who you are, and competencies is what you, are what you do for Jesus, or it, it, living out your responsibilities. Uh, character has everything to do with relationship. It has everything to do, how do you become like Jesus? You spend time with Jesus. You walk with Jesus. You talk with Jesus. That's how you become. My son is a lot like me because he spends time with me and he reflects my personality. And so that's that's what we are doing. We are embracing all that Jesus is. And and so that only comes through knowing him and and growing in relationship. I now, love that I love that verse of uh they recognize that that these men were uneducated. Mhm and common men, mm-hmm. but they had been with Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And so I like what you're saying in terms of when when you're with Jesus, he starts to rub off on you. Exactly. Well, and it, you go, that guy, he sort of sounds like Jesus <laughs> because of the stuff that he's saying and the things that he's doing. Well, and it's rooted in relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like that that key mm-hmm. piece, I think. And that's, that's this piece where, as you talk about character, I think... The average person, myself included, like I said, there's mm-hmm. like oh, I just I can't do it. Like I can't quite hit that mark. But mm-hmm. like that idea of relationship mm-hmm. that we're invited into mm-hmm. to take on, right? I think that's such a key thing. It's like any of us mm-hmm. can engage in that relationship. I think the more I spend time with Jesus, the more I disappear. And what I mean by that is the more my own agendas, the more my own selfish desires, the more I spend with him, that stuff begins to peel away, uh, often painfully, <laughs> I think. But we become, I, you know, I certainly hope uh, that I'm becoming more like him. On the other hand, there's this idea of competencies. Now, this is something that I certainly, in all my years of growing up in church and being a part of being in, in the ministry uh, as long as I have, we don't spend a lot of time talking about this. We do. We sit on. We sit in sermon. We hear sermons all the time about becoming like Jesus and all, but we don't spend a lot of time talking about doing what Jesus did and actually looking at how did he do it and how does it apply to today. So, part of being a mature disciple is learning how to make disciples the way that Jesus made disciples. And so that is something that we, at least in my life, was very weak up until a decade ago. And 
I realized that as a worship pastor for years, I never made one disciple. I made great musicians, but I never made one disciple. And that was a, a moment of conviction for me. And it, it, it changed everything. But I realized that I had not stepped into maturity until I was able to multiply disciples. Yeah, and I I think it it is so important that when we when we talk about making disciples, um, many people's heads immediately go in the direction of uh, learning and information, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think to 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 reframe this conversation around um, when we think about discipleship, we think about if Jesus throws a barbecue in my yard (laughs) what does that barbecue look like who gets invited what do we eat what do we do at the barbecue um all that type of stuff Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and and so you're learning to think about all of life through the lens of of christ and to think about your neighborhood and your family through the lens of christ and you say okay how how does jesus take over my life and what he does then is he brings life and beauty and, um, you know, color to everything that was gray before. I, th- I think, Mike, what I hear you talking about is when we think about following Jesus in our different roles, wherever we are, what, we, what we've begun to do is compartmentalize. Am I, am I like grabbing a hold of this <laughs> in the right way? Right. Yeah. And so it's like. Are, and and maybe you've heard this a thousand times, right? But it's this idea of like, I'm one way and my actions reflect one thing in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I'm one way and my actions reflect one thing mm-hmm. with my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm one way and my actions reflect one thing when I'm at church. Well, our vocabulary reflects that. It, we talk naturally. About, we talk about our prayer life. We talk about our church life, our work life, our school life. And we segment all these things as if they're, we are, we, we're schizophrenic. And I, Jesus looks at all of it and goes, no, it's all of life. There is no church life. You are living, it's life. Mm-hmm. It's life in me. And that bleeds into school. It bleeds into work. It, it Well, it doesn't just bleed. It actually, it overflows. I, always, I say it oozes out yeah, of us. Yeah, it, 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 it overflows. So what happens, you know, the idea of, um, of what you are at church is no different than what you are at work. And, and, and so this... And it's fun. It is fun. It Disciple is. making is fun. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Disciple making is fun. So I, I think when people make it out to be some sort of uh, drag that, you know, we're called by duty into this horribly loathsome disciple making thing yeah. that we must do so that we can be these faithful militant agents for the kingdom <laughs> and it sounds like this drag is Onward what it Christian sounds like and you say really if you think about disciple making you um just to give you one picture you go who couldn't use a stinking break mm-hmm. where you'd go wouldn't it be great to get out in the woods for a weekend with a couple of friends that could really connect with God and with each other. Mm-hmm. So, Doesn't that sound refreshing? Sounds, sounds that, great right now. That's a, that's a huge part of <laughs> disciple making. Jesus did that frequently, mm-hmm. broke away with the disciples and prayed with them and mm-hmm. connected with them at a heart level. 
And when we talk about disciple making, I, I think we have to break away the, the shell of this, uh, this boring kind of notion of, of what that is, because I, I think it truly, it goes back to adventure again. There, there is a real adventure when mm. it comes We're, to disciple we, making. We have the privilege of inviting others into an adventure that will impact their lives for all of eternity. We have that. We we get to, we offer the the greatest thing a person could be offered, but it requires a step of faith to be able to. We have to risk our credibility. We have to risk our comfort. We have to risk our desire for the outcome that we want. We have to risk it all. But when we do, we see Jesus coming in through that through that step of faith that we've taken, and see him doing amazing things. And it's, it is an adventure. It, it, it's, I, there's no way around it. I mean, I can't, uh, I, my wife and I have talked about how what we're doing now, we could never go back because we've, we've experienced this. And it's not just because I'm at Disney. Don't get me wrong. I, I was going to say, me, you were at yeah, Disney You're smiling at me like, yeah, yes. I would uh, never go back either. And I love it. church is magical. We could never leave. I can see fireworks from my house every night. It's so hard. <laughs> the, but, the, but the fact is, the, the real joy is not Disney. As much as it is, we get to pour into young people who know nothing about Jesus and get to, they, they're a blank piece of paper. And we are able to, by our, just inviting them into our lives, see the Lord paint colors into their life that they, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And I could never go back. So how do you go about this? How do you, I mean, it has to do in my, in my, in my mind, as I'm understanding it, mm-hmm. like you take decompartmentalization, like Right. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. You blow it up yeah. and you're trying, you're teaching them now about a way of life. And this yeah. is, this is why this podcast is here, right? To mm-hmm. help us understand how do right. we do this? Like right. I'm, I'm sitting at home. Am I called to be mm-hmm. a part of the adventure? Am right. I called to be right. a disciple of Jesus? Am I, am I called to understand what these mm-hmm. three Joe Schmoes are doing as mm-hmm. they talk about this? Mm-hmm. And I think you had brought up this, this idea of up in and out. Yes. Yes. Can you, help us understand this it's real simple because you decompartmentalize everything i think through yeah. this. yeah and and this is the way if you you have to go back to jesus it, i mean it, it's going to always have to go back to jesus and look at his life and this is how jesus modeled uh for us how to live he lived in relationship with the father that's up so that's he you know bef- the first thing he did in the morning was pray he would get up early and he would seek him he said he would say things like i don't do anything that i don't see the father doing or i only do what i see the father doing and and um that's because he was living up he was totally dependent upon his father through whether it's through prayer worship uh word you, you name it but that's it there's a there was a vertical element to his life it was consuming of his life the second thing was is he lived in he had this family of disciples i mean he had the you know you could say you know, there was the 120 the 72 there were 12 there were three there were one you know we can you can go all the you way go down. all the way down but he had this group of people that he 
poured his life into. He spent quality time with him. They ate together. They they walked the roads together. They ministered together. They, you know, I cannot imagine the conversations that are not recorded in scripture that took took place. But he poured his, it, it, they were his family. Remember uh, when uh, Mary, his mother, and his brothers were seeking yeah, him yeah. out, and they were trying to call this, you know, yeah. so let's get the crazy brother home, you know, yeah. and Jesus is like, no, this this is my family, and he he had he was totally giving his life over to this community of people. So he lived in he poured his life into this this family of people. The third thing he did is he lived out, and that was simply he knew that he was on a mission. He was there to seek and save that which was lost. He was he was there for the fringe. He was there for the outcasts. He was there for those who had been left behind. The orphan, behind. the widow. Exactly. Like it goes on and exactly. on. The tax collector. Oh my the gosh. Prostitute, yeah, the sinner. He, yeah, he picks all the people that the that the religious establishment the leper. Yeah, he 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 reached those that the re, the religious establishment rejected. Yep. And that that was the key. That was the key. So he what he said was the kingdom is for anyone including you. Especially you I may might even add with a little footnote. <laughs> but to say that so so he lived in perfect balance up to the Father, into his disciples or his his community, and out to the world. And we can do that as well. I I use that in my own life. Am I living up? How am I living up today? What have I what have I done that to draw close to the Father? In how am I living into the family that God has given me to care for and to to minister to, to shepherd and to to disciple? And then third, how did I live out today? How did I how did I make the kingdom known to somebody? How did I bring someone one step closer to Jesus? And and just to break the or tendency again to compartmentalize this. Um, sometimes all three are happening at the same time. Abs- yeah, well, no, no, no doubt. And it isn't you do one, then you do another, then you do another. Right. Although sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it it could be that you gather with a group of people that are like family. Mm-hmm. You're connecting with the Father, and you have those who don't believe also around the table with you, mm-hmm. and it's this beautiful image of all three of those things happening. I think if you think of it like a Venn diagram, the three circles that overlap and you've got that little center part where all the three circles overlap, that's that's when it just something beautiful happens. Uh, I think we can I think up in and out is more just a way it's like a dashboard gauges. You know, um, each one of us probably gravitate more naturally towards one or the other. Worship leaders I tend to think gravitate more towards up than they do in and out. People who are evangelists tend to gravitate more towards out than they do in and up. Shepherds so, in. Yeah, shepherds are more focused on in. But the key is balance. Everyone's going to have a strength. And, they, and when you think about a church, the question would be to ask, how are we doing in all those areas? Are we a church that that focuses on up? Are we a church that really thrives in in? Are we a church that really reaches out? What about the individual? How, how would the individual grab a hold of that? Oh, that I think that's it's pretty simple. Is just self examination. Am I am did I pray today? Did I spend well, time? And, well, and that's the key, right? Like so, it's we over complexify. <laughs> Everything. Everything. I don't even know if that's a we word. We're so good. No, overcom- you, know, you, you just overcomplexified that word. Really <laughs> complexification. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> but we we create complexity where there doesn't need to be complexity. No, it's and not. it's an upward relationship. It's I see nowhere where God's like sit down for thirty minutes each day. Right. And there I will meet you, mm-hmm. right? It, For somebody that might actually be, it, it might be that, that yeah. but it's it, it's it doesn't have to be. It's and this is where it relates to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like you're not forgotten in God's economy, mm-hmm. right? When He invites you in, mm-hmm. He invites you, yep. and He knows you, right. and He understands you, and so how you are going to meet with Him will be different. Exactly. And I, you, I, I, I find too. That we're getting excited, so we're yeah, jumping is, on top of each other here, guys. right now. Yeah, everybody, shut up! <laughs> I have something good to say. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I find too that, uh, that craving is, is of the spirit of God that when we yearn for, um, some time with the father, there, there are times where I'm just like, ah, I just need to get away. And there are times where I'm like, I really need some friends right now. And, 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 that, there, and, and there that's are other great times is, where, yeah, is, is at the core of it. We're not alone. Right. right, we're a family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so like as we learn to function mm-hmm. in this family, like there's an edification that takes place. There's a a set freeing mm-hmm. that takes place in us, and so it it changes. Family is is the answer to the church. the 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 Greek word is oikos. Uh, but when we think of family here in America, we think of mom, dad, sister, brother. And that's why it's hard for the listener. Some some listeners are going to hear this, and it's going to be hard because yeah. family's so broken. Oh, my gosh, yeah, absolutely. But the idea, uh, the, the biblical definition of family was uh, a household. So remember, back in, in those times, you had moms, dads, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, servants. It was It was a sphere of influence. Really, that's what it was. It was the people that were invested in each other on a daily basis. And that's how the gospel would go in there. Every person, you have an oikos, I have an oikos, Mike has an oikos. Every person listening has an oikos. Because the God has placed people in their lives where they can, they actually have influence. And, and Jesus wants to use that to the the mission field is right in front of your eyes. You don't have to go anywhere. It's right there in front of you at work, at school, at work, wherever. And if you start living intentionally and allow the Holy Spirit to work through that, you're going to start to build a community. And it's just, but it takes intentionality to see it happen. Well, there you go. I think, I think, I think, what you said there sort of it rounds out that conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because both the up and and out, mm-hmm. this idea of like character and, and competency, like ultimately, I think they're rooted in a Jesus, but be family. Mm-hmm. And when we can see, when we can understand that, when we can live within that freedom, mm-hmm. it changes us. It's amazing. It's amazing. And that and that family aspect leads you to out. Yeah. And the idea is as you are as you are investing in those people that God has already placed around you, you're living out. You're serving them. You're 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 being Jesus to them. And that draws them, guess what, into the family. How cool is that? It's, you're you're not taking away from your kids either. I'm glad you said that. I I think many people are afraid to take the leap and make their family bigger by including other people in their lives around their tables. <laughs> in their yards, on their porches, 
just afraid to take that leap because my family is my family and there's four and no more, that kind of thing. But to say, to to live as Jesus has called us to live means there are other aunts and uncles and cousins and brothers and sisters that come into our lives and join our family. My uh, my my kids miss it. Mm-hmm. When people aren't around for a few days, they're saying, "Who's coming over tonight?" Yeah. Wait, what's, nobody's what's coming. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? What's happening tonight? Why is what are we doing? Happening tonight? We we want our kids to follow Jesus, and the best way for them to see that is to see it or to do that is to see it modeled. And if we are opening up our dinner table to other people, you are modeling Christ for them. And that it's, it's not, I agree with Mike. It does not take away from your family. It feels inconvenient, inconvenient at times. And sometimes it is. Oh, it's no doubt, but it's worth it, especially when your kids are older and they are they start doing it, and you realize oh, it was worth it. Leaning into the convenience has value. Mm-hmm. For, for sure, leaning into the inconvenience for sure has value. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- you know, most of the time, <laughs> when when people do something, uh, for example, going to the gym that they don't feel like doing, afterwards they go, "I'm glad I did that." Because I, I feel better. I feel go, better you, than you I did You didn't go that. to the gym today. I know. <laughs> you were going to go to the gym today. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do, when I do, I'm glad I did. And I think in the, in the same way, um, there are so many things, whether it's chores around the house or uh, things that are good for us to, to do mm. that we you know sort of put off or we don't feel like doing, they feel inconvenient, but... You know, this is going to be a good thing. You, you're never going to regret that you loved someone. So true. You're going to go, I'm glad I loved that person and that, that I showed grace to that person and I invited that person. And once you once you embrace the inconvenient, it doesn't become inconvenient. You know, it's worth it. You actually realize, oh, that was worth it. And you look back on it and you go, that wasn't inconvenient. That was That was special. And I think that's what happens is you just keep stepping out a little bit more each time, a little bit more each time, and you experience the faithfulness of God each time that comfort zone grows. Yeah. And you're able to and I, th- I think that's what we need to press into a little bit more. Of, okay, so what does it look like for us now to step out? And I think that that's something we can unpack a little bit on the next podcast. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. This incremental, like slow, yet steady mm-hmm. stepping mm-hmm. into God's call in our lives. Sounds like a good sounds like a good one. Sounds like a good one, which is why we hope you will listen. <laughs> See that plug right there? <laughs> I nailed it. Nicely done. But now we look forward to <laughs> having you join us on our next podcast. As for today, we are out. Mm-hmm.